Hi there, friends. Jesus' disciples went to him and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. He answered them with a model prayer that we call the Lord's Prayer. And he said, when you pray, pray this way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Hmm, there's a question for you and for me. Do I really want God to forgive me in the same way that I forgive others? Get your Bible and let's talk about it. percent of the human population has been hurt by somebody. That means that every single one of us, without exception, at some time or another, needs to forgive somebody. Forgiveness is highly important to God. Forgiveness is at the heart of the gospel message. Jesus endured the cross and rose from the grave to proclaim forgiveness to the world, to deal with all sin for all time. Well, God has given us a mandate regarding forgiveness. He gives it to us in his word. Turn with me, if you will, to Ephesians chapter four, Ephesians chapter four, beginning in verse 30. He says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other just as God in Christ has forgiven you just as God in Christ has forgiven you. Flip over a little bit farther to Colossians, the book of Colossians in chapter three. Colossians chapter three, verses 12 and 13. The apostle Paul writing by way of the Holy Spirit says, and so as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Now that begs a question. Begs the question, how does God forgive us? Well, briefly, God forgives us instantly, immediately, and completely. That's God's way of forgiving. And he says, what? You need to forgive the way I forgive. God's forgiveness is a gift of his grace. God chose to forgive us before the foundation of the world. He chose to forgive us before we were born, before we even sinned. He had it in his mind. It was a predetermined fact that God would be a forgiving God. 
regardless of the sin, regardless of the circumstances. Jesus predetermined as God that he would forgive. And so God knew we would sin. He knew what we were going to do. And he made the decision to forgive us long before we ever did it. That's the heart of God. It is forgiveness. Before creation, he made the decision to forgive. So he, God's plan, is to make a way, was to make a way for forgiveness. Think of the word debt. Most of us know that word. We know that a debt is something that we owe. We are born with a sin debt. The debt separates us from God. The holiness of God demands that that debt be paid. The payment for sin is death. Eternal separation from God. But Christ stepped in to pay that debt with his own death. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18 says this. It's a dynamite gospel passage. He says, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just, being Christ, for the unjust, being me, that he might bring us to God, that he might do away with the separation that we have with God. So Christ actually took our place. We have a sin debt. We are sinners by nature and we are sinners by choice. We have offended an infinitely holy God. And because of his holiness, he must punish sin. And we deserve the punishment. We're guilty. And that punishment is what? Death. Eternal separation from God. But at the same time, God loves us. God loved his creation. So how could God love and forgive and punish the sinner at the same time. Well, he found a sinless person who was holy enough to die in our place. His name is Jesus Christ. He is God in the flesh, the Son of God. So Jesus died instead of us. He died so that we don't have to. He took the sin of the world and suffered and died as an innocent substitute, the just for the unjust, that he might do what? Bring us to God, that he might eliminate that separation that sin creates between mankind and God. So God's forgiveness is a predetermined fact. He's going to do it. He paid the sin debt. Jesus paid the sin debt that we owe. And his payment can be put to my account if I come to him recognizing my sinfulness, admitting that I'm a sinner, realizing that I cannot save myself, and placing my faith in Jesus Christ to save me. God is satisfied with that payment. God says that's good. And so when I do that, when I go to Christ, acknowledging that I'm a sinner, receiving him as my savior, trusting that he has paid my sin debt, then God in heaven will take my bill, my debt, and stamp it paid in full. 
paid in full because of Jesus. Now, flip back there again to Ephesians, this time chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, and let me show you something. Verse 1, he explains it. He says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, your natural tendencies, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in sons of disobedience. Now, um, go down to verse 4. First word, but, that's always an important word when it starts a verse, but God, you were what? You formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to disobedience, but God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. So let me get you to go now down to, well, let me just keep reading uh, to verse 9. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus in order that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not as a result of works, not something that you can do, that no one should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Now, grace, for by grace you have been saved. Grace is giving us what we don't deserve. Grace is giving us what we don't deserve. You also saw him say here that God is rich in mercy. Mercy is not giving us what we do deserve. So with grace and mercy... God has made a way to forgive us so that we do not have to be separated for him, from Him. You also see words in here like transgressions and trespasses. Those are um, sins. They're when we miss the mark. That's when we're not perfect the way God is perfect. That's when we mess up, which we all do. We were never even have to talk to do it. But we are guilty of those sins, those trespasses and transgressions. But some places, they're also called debts. They're sin debts. That's what Jesus re was referring to in the Lord's Prayer. Debtors. We are debtors to God. And so debts and transgressions and trespasses are all kind of the same thing. All sin. All sin is against God even sins committed against me. First and foremost, they are sins against God. So when somebody trespasses or sins against us, they are in fact indebted to us. There's a debt involved with that sin. They are positioned to be punished. Uh, they owe us something for having sinned against us, but they don't just owe us, they owe God. All sin is against God, even sins against me. 
So how are we going to deal with our debts and our debtors? Turn to Matthew chapter 6 and let's read it straight from God's Word. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 9. Jesus is talking to the disciples about praying, and so he's answering their question when he says in verse 9, pray then this way. He's giving us a pattern. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. Now, that's important. Go to the end of the prayer now, down in verse 14. Because what Jesus does, he, he goes on and, and he says, um, for, this is the only verse in there that he gives us some commentary on. So Jesus explains the verse. Look what he's saying. For if you forgive men their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Ooh. What in the world does that mean? Verse 15, but if you do not forgive men, then your father will not forgive your transgression. Mm. What is he talking about? Now think, he cannot be talking about salvation forgiveness because we just read what? That salvation is by grace. It is a gift of God. I cannot earn it. I cannot do anything to earn salvation. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Also, another thing that you have to notice about this model prayer is how does it begin? It begins with our Father. Our Father. Now, who calls God Father? Children of God. Those who have placed our faith in Christ are born into the kingdom and we call God Father. So this prayer is for saved people. People who have been born into the kingdom. He's talking to believers. So remember that salvation is a gift of God to all who trust in Jesus Christ and His work on the cross as full payment for our sins. That is salvation. So what's Jesus talking about here? What, what's the question? He's talking about the flow of God's forgiveness in our relationships with one another and in our fellowship with Him. It's important to Jesus, or He would not have included it in this important passage when He's talking and teaching uh, His disciples. So let's be sure then, does this mean that if I do not forgive somebody that's hurt me, that I cannot go to heaven? No, 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 and no. In our relationship with Christ, we know that we need this moment-by-moment -moment cleansing to maintain intimacy and fellowship with the Lord. Undealt with sin robs us of peace and joy. It robs us of being able to hear God's voice. And so we want to walk in a way that our sins are constantly being cleansed. Now the Holy Spirit does that for us 
But my part is to agree with him, to participate with him in doing that. So we then become conduits. You know what a conduit is? It's a tube, a pipe that carries something from one place to another. So we are conduits of God's forgiveness. Jesus says, pray this way. Forgive our debts as we are in the process also of forgiving our debtors. There is a cycle here. God forgives us completely and immediately. You know, when we go to God and ask forgiveness, he doesn't think, well, let me think about this. Well, I don't know. You've not done much for me lately. Or I don't like you as much as I like somebody else. God doesn't do that. That's not God's way. God forgives us immediately and completely because of his great mercy and grace and love for us. So he forgives us completely and immediately, and we then release his forgiveness to those who have sinned against us. It's not our own forgiveness. It's his, where we just release it. We become a conduit. Think about the word forgive for just a minute. It means to dismiss, to send away, to cancel a debt. So <clears throat> when I forgive someone, I'm saying, you're not indebted to me. You're not indebted to me. We are never expected to forgive the sins of others because we can't do that. Only God can do that. We have no power to forgive another person's sins, but we are to release indebtedness to us, to me through the grace and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm simply a conduit for treating other people the way God has treated me. Imagine for a moment that someone bought 30,000 tickets, stadium full of tickets to a ball game, say the World Series. And let's say they gave them to me saying, um, I want to pay for all of these people to go to the game free. So I take the tickets and my assignment is for me to pass those tickets out to those, all of those people for the giver. But instead, somebody comes up to me that I don't like very much and I think, hmm, I'm not gonna give you a free ticket. Uh, you need to pay full price or you need to pay double or you need to pay, well, I kind of like you. Maybe, maybe you would just pay half price or maybe I'll just give you a free one. What happens? I take full responsibility for something that is not mine. I clog the flow of the gifts of the giver. And that is why forgiveness is not a feeling. It is a transaction. It's like a business transaction. It's not an emotional thing. Our problem is that our emotions get all wrapped up in the transaction. You know what happens to us. Our feelings get hurt. Our hearts get offended and wounded, and we just want to be paid back. We want something terrible to happen to them that's as bad as what they did to us. They're indebted to us. Forgiveness overrides emotion. <clears throat> Forgiveness is a choice of the will. It is relinquishing the right 
to get even. Forgiveness is relinquishing the right to get even. It is the act of freeing someone from an obligation to you that is a result of the wrong done against you. Don't owe me anything. You cancel the debt owed to you. Forgiven people are to forgive people. We're God's example to the world of what forgiveness is like. Forgiveness is not saying that what they did was okay. Forgiveness does not excuse or justify what they did. It is not denying what they did. It is not forgetting. Forgive and forget, it doesn't work. It is not pretending that we're not hurt. Forgiveness is relinquishing my right to retaliate, relinquishing my right to retaliate. But do I just let it go? No. What do I do? I relinquish the right to God. Because why? Vengeance belongs to him and to him alone. So I release the indebtedness to me and I lay it at the foot of the cross. I give it to Jesus. I receive forgiveness from the Lord. He forgives me completely and immediately. And I let his forgiveness flow through me to those who sin against me. And so I take that sin and I take it and give it to God and I let him deal with it. And he will. What does he say? Vengeance is mine. I will repay saith the Lord. So he will take it. But you know what? As long as I'm holding it, he's not going to do anything. As long as I try to take God's place and fix it and pay back. And you know what? He's a whole lot of, at be, he's a whole lot better at paying back than I am. He knows what that person needs. He will take it and work it for good. He will confront that person in his own way and in his own time and in his way, in his love and mercy that is best for them to give them understanding. Before we can forgive others, we need to know God's forgiveness for our own sins. Maybe there's a twinge in your heart that's telling you you need God's forgiveness. Maybe you don't know this forgiveness. Maybe you've not experienced this forgiveness. Or maybe you're one that's carrying around guilt that Christ has paid for. Go to him. What do I do? If I know, if I know that I'm lacking that forgiveness, I need that forgiveness from the Lord. I need for him to empower me to release forgiveness to those around me. What do I do? I go to him. I go to him and I get before him and I confess my sins. Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I'm not a perfect person. Now, some people will say to you, oh, I've, I've not sinned very much. My sins are not as bad as his sins. 
But the question is, are you perfect? Have you been perfect since the day you were born? If the answer is no, you need to be saved. You need to acknowledge that sinfulness. You take it before the Lord and you say, I know I'm a sinner. In another class I'm teaching, we're studying through the Beatitudes where Jesus began the Sermon on the Mount with, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What does it mean to be poor in spirit? It means that I know that I'm a spiritual beggar. I know that I can't save myself. I know that somebody's going to have to save me. And the only person who can save me is the Lord Jesus Christ. So I go to him and I confess to him that I'm a sinner. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm not perfect. And the fact that I may be better than most doesn't count. I know that I'm a sinner. Will you forgive me? Will you forgive me? Would I come to you understanding that you and you alone, Jesus Christ, are the one who died instead of me. But in order to access that, I have to come to him by faith. And I say to the Lord, I need for him, I need for Christ. Talk to him. I need for you to cleanse me, to forgive me, to set me free from my debt of sin to set me free from the separation that I have with you because of my sin. So I go to him, I confess my sin, I ask him to forgive me, and do you know what? He will. Boom. Right then. It's a gift of grace, but I have to buy into it by asking for it, by surrendering my need for a savior. I can't save myself. You can't save yourself. We can't undo the wrongs that we have done. We can't pay the sin debt. If I try to pay my own sin debt, do you know what I'm gonna do? I'm going to spend an eternity separated from God. Can you imagine? You have to understand, some people think that hell will be a fun place. Hell's a place where all my sinful buddies and I are gonna be able to do all the sin we wanted to, uh-uh. Uh-uh, that's how Satan is deceiving you. Hell is a place of total darkness, total aloneness. You don't even know anybody else is there. Total misery. That's what it is because in hell, there is nothing like God. Nothing. No light, no love, no fellowship, no communication. Nothing like God is in hell. It is an absence of God. And so if I'm going to try to pay my own sin, that's the way I'm going to pay it. By spending eternity separated from God. What's my other choice? To go to God and say, I need for you to save me. I need for you to save me. I am a sinner. You are the only Savior. Take that 
perfect sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ when he died for me on the cross and put that death on my account in heaven and marked me paid in full. And I now can call him Father and I can expect to spend eternity with him. Heaven is a place where everything there is like God. It's a lot to think about. But that's the way we come to him. And when we come to him, he will. And he's not, he's not a God. He's a God who loves all of his creation. He's not going to say, well, I believe I'll save you, but I don't know about, uh-uh, no, uh-uh, no. Everyone, everyone, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Have you got that want to? If you've got the want to, the Holy Spirit is in you making you want to. And he's saying, hey, I'm waiting to give this to you. Come to me. Come. Come to me. You let the Lord deal with your heart. We would love to hear from you if you have questions or if you've given your life to Christ. We would love to just celebrate with you. Tell you what you do. You go to kingdomrock.org and there's a little button on there somewhere that says contact us. You just hit that button and tell us what's on your mind and your heart. Tell us how we can help you, how we can pray for you. And in the meantime, go about the business of forgiving your debtors the way God has forgiven you. There's lots more to talk about in this study on forgiveness. See you next time.